Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. Uh, in this episode, I've got I've got brought I've got uh, Chris Bell. Chris, what's up, man? How are you? Good. How you guys doing? Pretty good. I am doing well, and um, man, this is this is gonna be interesting. See where it goes. Um, There's gonna be a lot of drama in this episode. I'm gonna just tell you that right now. Yeah. I got some, I got some things to say. <laughs> I saw I saw the questions you added, and I think I'm gonna keep them moving forward just because uh people like when there's a little bit of of drama i, I know i'm a very like e i don't want to go there guys but uh may you may you and billy be the first i think it's just it's it's suiting have but, you already have you already done a podcast with billy oh yeah um i'll oh, send okay. you the link uh, yeah i i this is honestly i've never like i know this is really bad of me to say this but i've never listened to any of your podcasts before so i don't i have no idea what's gonna happen <laughs> no worries man it, it uh the, the the thing is you know you're retired probably for good this time so the hope exactly. was to so just no no bars held no bars held at all <laughs> no no holds barred christ <laughs> but yeah it's at the end of the day man if, if you're listening to this 30 years from now then you know mission accomplished that's the whole point of this so you can listen to all the episodes or none of them but um just i wanted to capture your thoughts i mean you're, you've been playing for a very long time, uh, eleven years now. Yeah, jeez, yeah. Eleven years from nationals, actually, almost, almost exactly to the month. Man, so let's just jump around. Uh, I mean, how did this all start? And and somehow you still have the email. So just to to paint a real quick picture. Yeah. Here is. Two- um, Go ahead. Yeah, I was like, this is like uh, 2007, I think 2008. 2008. Yeah, and I was uh, I was just like, uh, I was at a comic con. I was a giant little like skinny brawny nerd and i went to a comic con and they had a dodgeball like pickup game in one of the rooms with like just a bunch of ball types it wasn't even like like organized at all just people's tossing balls back at each other in a bunch of costumes and i had the blast in time in my life and i played just like everyone in like middle school and elementary school um and so when i went home i was like i need to do this more and i literally this is so simple but i went online i googled tucson the town i'm from and dodgeball and tucson dodgeball league popped up and yeah, the rest is history. I emailed you. My name's Chris, and I was just wondering if it's too late to join the Monday Night League. I've never played with Tucson Dodgeball, but I'm quite confident in my skills. If it's too late, can you please tell me when the next league I can sign up for? It's like super like like casual, professional, or polite and everything. Just like, but at the same time, it's like, I'm confident in my skills as I've every kid that's never played dodgeball in a competitive league, right? So. Yeah, and that's, that's like the... What can I say, man? Like, so we're going back into the past. I, I am... We're... we're Tucson dodgeball went through many, many years before an actual league started. So by the right. time you were knocking, it was 2008. I just got back from the air force. I'm, I'm kind of figuring out if I even want to do dodgeball still. Um, I'm not, not really feeling it, but we had open gym all the time. And so I get this, I used to get some random emails from like, you know, frat boys and people like, Oh, you know, I played baseball in, in college right. or I'm, whatever. I'm like, okay, yeah, come play dodgeball, get destroyed. And, and, you know, we'll see you later once, uh, right. Once you get murdered by a bunch of nerds, but but your email in particular, it was the I'm quite confident in my dodgeball skills. I'm like, who talks like that? <laughs> I know I'm such a like. Uh, I was trying to be like super polite because I was like super nervous because I had no idea what was gonna happen. I, I again never even met you, so I was just like, all right, I've, I've got some. I don't want to be like talking. So <laughs> yeah, and like I mean, it's I can't really think of a better way to to introduce yourself like hey i i know what i'm getting into like the idea of this game is for people to throw crap at me and i'm not going to be a little baby about it so you show up and i swear to god man you had like the 70s like mop head look you had fatigues there's (laughs) footage of this out there i mean back from like the x league if you remember that 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 fun time but uh what i noticed about you is you're just all in like you, you showed up you played, I think you didn't look like you were too lost. I was actually pretty surprised. Um, how old were you at the time? You're like, what? I was 18. I was 18. 18 yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you went too young, but you were, you were, you're pretty young for the most part. And, um, yeah. And you're able to, to jump right in and you were all in. I mean, you just, you, you, you made every single open gym. Uh, I think we might've had I didn't catch Mason. I didn't catch Mason until I think like my fourth or fifth open gym. I, th- I think the second or third one, I started realizing that uh, he's like the, the the head honcho guy and guy. I started getting really pissed off that I couldn't catch him. And I, I don't remember if you remember, but like him and Paul would just like gang up on me. And it's like, I was just so frustrated and pissed. I couldn't catch either of them. But I was like oh, so man. close at the same time. Dude, Paul was, Paul was the worst. Like he's still just a bad person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he's, he used to thrive on, you know, 
destroying new kids. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I hate to even go uh, there. I think I think I gave him meaning in those months to his life. No, he did. He he absolutely <laughs> he enjoyed beating up on me a lot. <laughs> he did, and and it sucks because for for there were so many kids that came that showed promise, but Paul would just wreck them, and they wouldn't want to come back. And I just what's that? He's he was the gatekeeper. I guess like to 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 a kingdom that. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's a gatekeeper to a king, uh, a kingdom that is open to everybody. When I'm, you know, when I'm there, when I'm not looking, he's he's a terrorist. But uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's better. <laughs> yeah, it, but like the thing is, like you you still wanted to play, and then you know most people at the time saw Mason. They're like, uh, no, thank you. I don't want any of this. But you wanted a piece at a very young age, and I kind of wanted to to delve into that a little bit. So, what is it about you that made you not afraid? Like for for people that are stepping into the same court as you know the andrew catchums now and you know the 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 heavy hitter hitters nowadays that they're like no i don't think this is for me like what what can you say to help them just stick with it if you can remember from back then a big ball full of air does not hurt in the slightest i've gotten rocked by mason multiple times i've gotten rocked by andrew in the face again multiple times I've never had a concussion. I mean, if, if you, and this is throwing shade right here, but if you seriously think that you're going to get a concussion from a ball filled with air, then you need to either wear a neck brace or a headgear or not play. Uh, like, there's, there's, like the people that complain that you're scared that like, or that you're nervous, either you shouldn't be playing against these people because you don't have the neck strength or upper body strength to hold back from a blast, or you need to wear protective gear. There's just no two in-betweens about that. Anyone that complains is just has no idea what they're talking about. So people that are starting brand new, maybe they shouldn't jump into the most competitive environment. Exactly. If you want to join a social league where like headshots aren't allowed, then that that's the route you should go. But if you if you are of the opinion that yeah, headshots are fine, but then you complain or get a concussion because you got blasted in the face, and I just have no sympathy for you. I mean, there are other ball types that are a lot softer, a lot friendlier. But if you're going to jump in right into an eight point five league elite dodgeball style. Um, but then complain about face shots or head shots and, go, and, and the dangers of a ball filled with air, then I just, I just don't want to hear it. <laughs> I mean, you should know what you're signing up for. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, and back in the day, who knew, who knew what you were signing up for? I, I will say I, I agree with that statement. Like, like, right back in the day, you didn't really know. It's like, like you jumped in like, oh, my God, like where there's strategy, there's organization. Like these guys do this every single week. Like I have no idea what I'm getting myself into. But now it's it's honestly I think kind of the fault of the community. Um, it, it, this this is a two way street because I, I love how inclusive the community is and how welcoming it is. But at the same time, there needs to be like a warning sign or like someone telling the, a team that's never showed up before is like, hey, this is not the tournament for you. Like even though we want entrance and we want like uh, more teams to show up to these tournaments, we need to have some kind of trial events or like a tiered tournament where the best players play or the best teams play the best teams and the rest of the scrubs play the rest of the scrubs. I, I hate the fact that at elite dodgeball, I travel how many miles and 10 out of 12 teams. There's like, again, I could beat these guys with one hand behind my back and my eyes closed. It, like I, I don't want to travel so far away to play and waste my time on scrub teams. So, but at the same time, I do want them to come, right? Because again, the more people that show up for dodgeball, the better. But we need to have some kind of gatekeeper to say, "Hey, you're not good enough. This is where you should go instead." Yeah, you're not alone in that. Um, and that's, I, I like where you you say that, but you also understand that there is a need to let these right. teams play and grow. But at the same time, it's not right, fun for you. Because otherwise we end up with the X League that we had in Arizona, where we have three really good teams, but there's not really. I mean, that's it. So yeah, that's the end. So well, and my answer to that was when I went down to Phoenix Dodgeball and played in their league. I was like, okay, we got to fix this. Um, I I told you, you specifically, and I think Jeremy Asher and Mason, like, hey, you guys can't play this season. I'm gonna let the new kids play, let them right. have a feel for it, and then I'm not gonna let you and Mason tag team. Like, we're gonna make you and kind of copied Ed Prentice. It's like, okay, no two members of Team Evil or more can be on right. the same team. And right, I remember that. Yeah. But it, you had to I mean, take that kind of fostering. To grow a league, but when you're having a league established, like you just need to break it up into tiers and 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 different different tournaments, basically. Yeah, I agree. Um, and and I think there's a lot of talk about it in the future. We'll see what next year looks like with Elite, and if there's going to be like another league that that handles or helps or a division that helps these new teams. Because you're not right. alone, man. Like people are 
the, the, the better players and the better teams want to compete. They don't want to have to worry about holding back, and they also don't want to necessarily wipe the floor with the team. It's not fun to anybody else. It's, it's not fun to yeah, the it's team. It's a waste of energy, too. Yeah, it, it's not fun if you're getting destroyed. It's not fun. Well, some people might enjoy wrecking people, but right. at the end of the day, it's, I mean, it's But just... that's what open gym's for. Like, that's the catharsism of open gym is that you can just go and blast the crap out of a bunch of noobs and feel good about your life and then go home. <laughs> so so is that what your first, like what was your first experience with dodgeball was it you said you kind of played in middle school was it was it that catharsis where you just got to throw crap oh at yeah people? even in middle school i was always one of the better kids at dodgeball um i would actually sometimes even like beat some of the adults um there i mean they might have been letting me but i feel like there's a one or two or three moments where i definitely like did get the better of them but yeah for the most part i was always one of the better kids and um i've always been kind of so it's it's easy and uh, nice to again invent that in a way that's legal <laughs> i mean it's i remember open gym one time this this frat kid is playing and he's on his phone and he's throwing he's like dude you got to come down here like it's only two dollars but the point is to throw balls at people this is great and he was just having the time of his life because it's just that outlet where you can throw something at somebody hit them and then you know you're you're fine like you're not going to get in trouble um unless you're hitting like kids or something but uh so what you said, you're already pretty good. Um, and I can vouch for you freaking 2008, this little scrawny Chris Bell shows up. He's able to hang. He survives Paul. He survives Mason. He comes back. He wants a piece, but like what helped you develop into that? Like you've mentioned racquetball before, but right. what other sports did you play growing up? Um, soccer as a kid, but that's, a, that's about it. Uh, and also when I was 17, 18, that's why I started getting into weightlifting as well too. So even though I was scrawny, I was, I was making progress as I went through and, just playing lots of dodgeball. I remember one one night when I was like 19 or 20, I was playing like four or five times in a week. Uh, and that was all 8.5 too. <laughs> yeah, we went hard back then. Um, yeah. I drove to two Phoenix leagues a week, plus I think like a league and went in Tucson and an open gym in Tucson. I think at one point I went to an open gym in Phoenix. Yeah, I went, I was driving six hours a week just for dodgeball plus the in-town dodgeball. It was it was intense, but it got me really good really quickly. I I, I didn't do anything else besides play dodgeball. I was like addicted. Addicted's a easy way to put it. You were, um, yeah, you were like the on a scale of like I go once every now and then to Chris Bell. Like you were the end of the spectrum, man. You were just there's there was no other person out I there. An, I don't think I missed an open gym for a few years at one point. So yeah, and and for people, it was only like eight people showing up. And that, that, so that, that was the thing is like, it, it took about a year for me to finally kind of pull my head out of my, my butt and realize, Hey, let's make this actually happen. Because there was a time right. where it was like you and Justin Acton and that was it. Yeah. Playing dodgeball. But, um, well, we also had the split between you and Logan too. And I was going to both open gyms then too. So, oh yeah. The feud. I don't know if I want to get into that, but, uh, yeah, wait, no, let's, let's talk about that another time anyways. <laughs> Thank you. That's, that's the Arizona OG panel. I'll get into that yeah. later. Um, but yeah, so I mean, you just, you played a lot of dodgeball. Um, and this is more for people that are listening that, that may not know you. Actually, let's back up a little bit. So you are currently, I guess, formerly Rise, right? That's that's a team yeah. that we know you yeah. for. Um, before that, well, it was, it was Riot, I think, right? Yeah, that didn't last very long. Before that, it was uh, Team Evil? Yep, and then before that, it was Rampage. And then before that, it was Team Evil again. So yeah. you've obviously been... Um, I want to say like you've been in, you've been on teams that, that people who have been around for at least four or five years, they should know who you are. Um, what, what is your number though? Let's, let's kind of go uh, back to basics. Number 10. How come? Um, well, as I mentioned, I played soccer growing up and I loved watching professional soccer and number 10 was always given to the best player in the field. So I wanted to, I wanted to have that number and also I wanted to earn it. Yeah. So is it something like, uh, did you choose 10 and then just kind of fit into the role of being the best player because by nature yeah. of actually being part of it or wearing it? Right. That, that's exactly it. Yeah. I was, I, I was obviously the best at the moment, but I was like, this number is like, I was, I'm going to make it the best kind of thing. So. Interesting. So if, if I had more humility, I would probably chosen like nine or 11 and then switched it later. But I was like, no, I'm good. I got this. <laughs> but even if you weren't good, you made yourself good. Right. That is a very interesting uh, mentality. It's like uh, I don't say fake it till you make it, but kind of like a. It, it honestly is that that is like that is a lot of my early persona in life was just like talk and keep working hard until I can bed up. 
Oh. Pretty simple uh, philosophy there. Um, thank God I've got my editing pen ready. <laughs> it's already like six You're edits good. here of, uh, of bleeps, but... Um, Okay, so you said you're from Tucson. Just kind of backtracking because we just dove right in. So you're, you're yeah, from yeah. Tucson, but you live in Utah now, right? Salt Lake City? Yep. Yep. What, uh, what possessed you to move out there, by the way? Uh, something for another another discussion. Uh, not something I'm proud of, but I love living here now, and that's all that matters. I have a great house. Um, starting my own business soon. Nice. Um, I got certified in skydiving last year. I have 73 jumps underneath me now. Um, I'm practicing with a summer professional snowboarding team in Park City. Uh, I've been rock climbing and getting really, really good at that. So, I, yeah, I definitely like it up here. Nice. So just because dodgeball's done does not mean you are you stop being active. Oh, no. I, I will always be active my whole life. No. Yeah, let me know what that's like. When you find something that replaces dodgeball, I'll, I want to talk to you. Oh, I've, I already found it. What is that? Is it skydiving? Snowboarding. No, snowboarding. Snowboarding. Yeah. All right, when you find something a little I bit easier my, on the joints. I hit my first backside 70 off a jump last season. So I'm, I'm making a lot of progress. Huh. And that, that took I, you as much as dodgeball has? or uh, Last season I was – so um, I have a really nice job where I work mornings and late afternoons, early evenings. So I have nothing to do in the middle of the day from like 10 a.m. into like 4 p.m. And so Park City is like 30 minutes away from my house. So I guess snowboarding every single day. Last season, I was going snowboarding about five or six times a day or five or six times a week. Nice. For about four or five hours. I just grind out jumps, grind out rails. I was I was a broken nest last season. I had so many bruises and like, like scrapes and everything from like falling over on snowboards. Uh, I have, I've already sunk like about like $10,000 into like equipment and like teaching and, and um, going to the Olympic park and getting like coaching from Olympic athletes. So I'm, I'm making a lot of progress. Man, so you've... You're all in with the uh, snowboarding. Yeah. This is my dodgeball replacement for sure. It's just unfortunately seasonal. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's good to have something. I mean, you oh, know, yeah. me and Joe Fernandez and Quill and all the other older guys, like what do we do after dodgeball? Like we, we, we have no idea, but uh, it's good that there is something out there for you. And I don't really want to spend too much time on, on like what drew you to the NDL. Cause I mean, what, what, I mean, I guess just remember me real you, quick. Like I, I had no idea what the NDL was. I, I didn't know who Ed Prentice was. Didn't care. All I knew was this NDL was the biggest tournament around, and you were going to it, and you invited me, and yeah, that's that's it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I brought you into it. <laughs> At least into the uh, the NDL, but that's that's kind of what I was alluding to. Is like because we, you know, we you started playing. Uh, we got a little more consistent in what we were doing. I saw a lot of talent in you, and I saw a lot of drive, and I was like, yeah, we we need this kid on our team. So. We brought you to Phoenix with us. Um, you just continue to grow and blossom, not to sound cheesy. So it just made sense. Like, okay, we got to get you into the NDL. Um, and that was with Rampage, right? 2010? Yeah. Yeah. Bill Fair recruited me. Um, and yeah, honestly, I was I was not expecting to be on Rampage because like Rampage was at the time was being hyped up to be like the best Arizona team ever, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I felt I was very confident that I was one of the best, but I wasn't, I was like a tier right below like the top 10, top 15 players I felt like at that point. So I was not expecting to be recruited onto Rampage. Um, I hopped on like another secondary, like good team, but nowhere near the skill level of Rampage at the time. Um, and I, I think it was you that kind of convinced Bill to say, hey, like you need to pick up Chris, like like it's a mistake if you miss him. Yeah, no, um, that's uh, yeah. maybe my own words. Uh... Something like that. I mean, so you were on Monsoon, uh, and right. like you said, it was it's so crazy how it, was, it happened. It was a B tier team. It was a good team, but it was B tier. Uh B plus. We're I mean they yeah, were yeah. I, I mean Rampage was very stacked at the time. So I mean compared to Rampage, it was a B tier. Yeah, I mean we could Oh, whatever. I'll take some flack from the monsoon guys. I mean, they were always on our heels, and, and th th that's right. what we needed. We needed something to be so close, like maybe a couple but catches away. They also away. didn't have the organization that Rampage had, and that was the biggest thing. That is uh, probably what helped us utilize our, our talent. And I, right. I've, I've yet to experience a team, at least in my example, where we had one goal from day one, and that was a huge credit to Bill Fair. And um, going back to why I wanted you for monsoon is I already talked about like your talent and, and what you brought to the table and what I saw every single day at open gym and our local league, but also just because it was, I don't want to say like a gross underutilization of what you're capable of doing, but like 
Sam was in it for different reasons. Bill was freaking driven. Like there was, oh, uh, yeah. yeah, there was, there was no, um, I, I could tell the difference when I went to a monsoon meeting and then when we were playing in rampage, it was just like, it was, it was definitely different in what the purpose of the team was like the organization level, the drive level, like it felt more like rampage kind of felt like rise did like later on is like, it felt like a real sports team instead of just like a group of people getting together to play dodgeball. Yep. Yeah, not not to again, not to diss anybody that played on Monsoon. It was just different. You'll suck. <laughs> I mean, who, wait, like think about it though. Who on Monsoon still plays? Uh, Katie Evans. She does not suck. All right, relevant people. Uh, she's still relevant. No, she's, she's not. She's very relevant. She just had her freaking. Kid, she? What's that? Doesn't she have a kid now? No, she's uh, well, she's Katie Sanchez now. She's married to Tony Sanchez. Right, I know, but like I mean, both of them, like the, but, all right, she, Katie used to be. Thousands of times better than she is now. I Katie disagree, man. By far and away the best Arizona player, female Arizona player, but maybe even best female player in the United States. She is very much a shell of her former self. Oof. Oh man, this I is going to be. I mean, that's just this is the truth. I mean, she, she, I used to be like she was one of the few girls I used to be hesitant to throw at, like by myself. Like, she, and, she, and she could throw hard and accurate. Jackie could throw hard, but she was not a catcher, and she couldn't throw accurately. Katie could defend herself, throw hard, catch hard. Like, she used to be amazing. And now I'm just like, oh, Katie, okay, hit her in the feet. Okay, done. Next. So, again, like, not relevant. <laughs> I'm going to say she's very relevant. Um, I mean, just, just looking at her past accolades and what she's accomplished. I mean, she's still good, but, like, again, like, compared to, like, 2010 Katie, like, 2011 Katie, like, eh. You're gonna leave that alone. Uh, if, if that was, <laughs> it's just because shots fired. I mean, this is gonna be uh, Steve defending Katie, uh, Chris bashing Katie for the rest of the episode. So <laughs> I'm I mean, not bashing her. I'm just saying she's washed. I'm washed up. I'm not. I'm not gonna be like, oh, I'm, I'm still as amazing as it was. I was a thousand times better in 2010, 11 too. Like I, I'm not like being on the high horse right here. I'm just saying I'm not relevant either. That's why I retired. But she's not relevant either. So that's my point. Like we, 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 everyone in Arizona was way better in 2010, 11, 12. I'll say that right now. Sometimes I'll agree with you on that one, at least for speaking for myself. Allen would probably be better now if he wasn't broken. So, yeah, <laughs> I feel like uh, this is going to be a fun. <laughs> the results of this conversation are, are going to be just, just epic. I, I do need a director's cut of this, of this whole transcript, as, as does Allen. <laughs> yeah, Alan Thomas was just like when I said, "Hey, I'm gonna get my editing button ready." He's like, "Oh, sad face," but I don't, I don't think I'll edit too much out of this. Um, yeah, moving on. Um, so Rampage, we won 8.5. Is great. Um, yeah, come back. Yeah, it was. Uh, maybe we can revisit that later too, uh, towards the end. Yeah. But um, that set the tone, I think, for what competitive dodgeball was going to become. When, and then, you know, you give it another year, 2011 was kind of meh. Uh, 2012, we started to see Elite show up. Um, right. I almost want to say, not to speak for you, but you, and you can interject, but for you, just Elite Dodgeball was the next step, right? That's pretty much... It's seamless transition, it kind of felt like. like yeah. Oh, NDL's gone. Oh, Elite's here. All right, cool. Yeah, and Elite's much better organized, much more competitive. Right. Uh, right. Smaller more spaces. Dodgeball more dodgeball time. So... Fun, fun story for people that don't know. Um, so we come back 2010, winning the championship. Um, actually, no, 2011, 2012 time frame. We don't win rampage. Or rampage doesn't win. 2011, we come back and uh, Mike and Doug and Justin Acton start saying, "Hey, you should leave rampage. Something really good for evil, which is something that just doesn't really exist when you need it to." And so that's when I veered off of rampage. Um, I don't know. Did you did you come with us? I stuck around a little while. I stuck around Rampage a lot longer than you did. That's right, because it, it took some convincing. We finally got you over. We go to like the first tournament. No one shows up. It's it's us and whoever has a body, and you're just like, man, I love something good for this. What? Yeah. Yeah. So to kind of just because I know Andrew Ketchum's gonna ask this question, like, what is your favorite iteration of Rampage? And so just trying to give him a reason why there was iterations. There was a lot of movement right. from the original 2010 to what how long did you guys go for till 2014 when you guys picked up 14, uh 15, somewhere around there yeah yeah because yeah because ketchum played on there uh you guys ended up picking up brett baxter um i'd have to look at some of the older rosters but rampage held it together for quite a while and then 
what, 2014, 2015 is when Evil kind of came back for a little bit. Right. Yeah, and then uh, same story. Uh, people bailed when we needed them the most. So you went to Riot and then um, ultimately Rise, right, back in 2017? Yep. Yeah, and I remember... Uh, I, I took about a, a three-fourths of a year break, um, I think, between Riot and Rise, though. Yeah. Just trying to give people, like, a timeline. Um, so, but from... 2011 to what 2014 you were just all over the place you're just traveling everywhere i think right starting with new yep. zealand uh yeah started new zealand 2011 um 2012 was hong kong malaysia and then i also personally went to singapore um and that was really fun 2013 i went by myself to japan um and this is playing like with some of like the casual teams over there it wasn't really like an actual like dodgeball trip this is more vacation and played dodgeball on said vacation plus it's japan and i think 2013 i also went to a beach tournament in austria too that was really fun is that the oh man i can't think it's is that the one that outcast always goes to yeah okay i went to one of the first iterations of that nice what was your favorite what was your favorite country to play in um probably hong kong even though it was foam was hong kong the one where you guys were like playing on a rooftop and like the entire like city was watching you guys play uh no that was in malaysia malaysia why, why was hong we kong were the, we were on the ground and they had a bunch of high risers around us that's right and every single floor of the high risers was like filled with like people like because they lived there like watching us play so it was it was a government sponsored event and that's why i was big too God, how nice would that be if us had I, I to this day i still have no idea how malaysia got their dodgeball team sponsored by their government that's just weird. Um, just like the magic system. They also system. do some weird with their like teams too. So I won't go into that stuff. I don't want to like track, talk trash about your national players, but yeah, there's there's some weird rules and regulations they have over there. Yeah, I don't do that with the uh, worlds coming up. Um, but I was gonna say like I, th I think just like you know, um, I don't know. I was gonna use the metric system. Forget that. But I don't know. Dodgeball seems to be bigger in every other country but the U.S. So. Mm. I was, it was still obviously the biggest here just by the fact that we have more people compared to any other country. But yeah, it, it seems to be kind of more accepted, I guess, in other countries because they don't really have that stigma of middle school bullies and like elementary school bullies. So, you think that's what it is? You think that's why Dodgeball is? I think it's a, com I think it's, it's a combination of three things. One, there's there's no stigma of it being a beat up sport. Two, the, the Dodgeball movie was not that popular in the rest of the world. Um, and then three, I think they just have, um, just a different mindset of like team sports compared to the U S U S is a lot of like, like individual player status, ego, um, hype. And in, in Europe and Asia, it's, it's a lot more like, like humble, communicative, um, toned down. It's, it's more about the team than it is about like the, the individual player. I think a combination of those three make it makes dodgeball, a lot more appealing and, and easy to jump into because there's no set expectations. It's like, Hey, you got to work with your team. Hey, we got to do these drills. Like the drills we did with rampage early on, I think are just like, and, and we were like one of the only teams doing that. The rest of the teams just show up and play together. Right. They didn't really have any like synergy where in Asia and like Europe, that that's what they do. Like they, they practice together. And I think that made a big difference and also why it's just easier for people to kind of hop on a team because they they're inclusive. Yeah, a lot of good points, man. And uh, I mean, there was one other team, and that was Rise. And there's a reason why they right. are still relevant to this day, right. um, because they had the team buy-in. And that was one thing that you know I'll say this several times already. Me and Tim slash Surge fundamentally agreed on. Like for me, dodgeball is still fun. I wasn't really, really ready or willing to go full, I guess, militant about it or full regimental. Um, but that's why they've had the track record and success that they've had. Right. Rampage, um, as I've said, you know, Bill gave us from day one a clear goal. This is how we're going to get there. He broke it down into steps. Like first, we're going to play in a league together. Then we're going to play in these little tournaments that are popping up. We're going to win every single one. And every time we did that, we just became more endeared to each other. And right. it, it, he was great at team building. So that's a that's a really good perspective um, on why maybe it's it's a little more successful um, in the other countries and um. Do you still um, do you follow like the the uh, WDBF at all anymore now that you're retired or did you kind of when did you drop off I've of? I've never followed them. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. I don't endorse foam, and I never will. 
So foam is not your favorite style ball. Foam is not dodgeball in my opinion. <laughs> uh, is is 8.5 still your ball of choice? Uh, yep, always has been, always will be. Is there a second then? Not that matters in comparison to 8.5, no. Yeah. Well, um, so when you played in these international t- tournaments then, were you guys using 8.5 or foam? or? No, we, we didn't use 8.5 at any of these international tournaments. So in New Zealand, we played with a mini basketball. It was the same rubber type as a basketball, but at the size of a stinger. And so these things felt like a brick in your hand. I can literally crush like this guy's nose almost did like, like with, with one of these dodgeballs, they were literally like mini basketball bricks and they were playing with them casually for fun. Ha ha. No big deal. Yeah. Joking around. Oh, you got a boy nose. Ha ha. Drink a beer, chase it off. Like that, that was what we played with in New Zealand at one of the pickup games, one of the leagues that they had around town in the tournament we went to, they played with foam. Um, and then in Malaysia, it was cloth at one of the tournaments, one of the volleyball cloth balls. Those things look weird. Um, they're silly. Um, and then it was foam, I think, as well, too. And then in Hong Kong, it was foam. Uh, or introducing foam as the main style stream dodgeball. It's, it's all their fault. Um, and then at Worlds, it was also foam. Mm. No sting st- doesn't really pick up anywhere except here in the U.S., so or stay puff. Yeah. I, I used to be rubber, uh, no sting and foam. Now I'm rubber foam and no sting just because no sting's kind of just, it's just kind of there. But, uh, silly. When you simplify a sport to the point where the offensive is a thousand times more effective and like, like it's, it's a guess sometimes because the ball is either inconsistent because it, breaks and whiffles off or it's warped and shaped because they're soft and they're easily damaged. Um, and if you, you're not consistent with it and you get a bad ball and Oh, well, good luck that you got, you got hit now and now you're out. It's just like, it's inconsistent. And that's the issue I take with those dodgeballs versus um, what you're saying earlier. A hundred percent, not hundred percent, but like 98, 97% consistent with the ball types, the throws, the catches, like the defensive plays, the counter plays. It's, it's, it's so much more intricate than foam or no sting will ever be. And again, this comes from someone that who used to play foam in leagues in Arizona and international tournaments and who's played no sting a decent amount. It's just, it's, it's so much more simplified. And while that's not wrong, it's just not as good. So earlier you're, you're saying it kind of cut off, but you're saying going back to 8.5, like one guy can take out a whole team. And now with foam, that's that kind of levels the playing field. Is that what you're kind of getting at because even the best thrower in 8.5 can't take out a whole team unless they suck even if you told me to take out all of ketchum's team with an 8.5 i probably wouldn't be able to do it like if i if maybe one out of 20 times maybe even then if i'm feeling good and on point and have good backup only three or four times um with with no sting you give one of the one of like the doom players a ball and they're going to take out every single person except for if they're feeling off or they get countered by any chance, which is counters are hard to do in those games anyways. Same with the Canadians. If you give them a foam ball, one of their top arms can take out an entire team regardless if they're good or not. I've, I've seen it happen in the world's games where, again, like the U.S. has six people on the court and the Canadians have two people on the court. And they feed the ball, guy ball, feed the guy ball, feed the guy ball, and six people are out. It's, it's, it's one-dimensional. It's just – and, again, that's not wrong. It's just not as good as 8.5 where it's more intricate. Should it fall on the on – the on team us for example to just catch better or dodge better you can't that's the whole point of these balls is that there's such an offensive ball type there's there's too much movement there's too much inconsistency um it's small and tiny like my hand is literally twice the size of the foam balls that they use i I feel like i'm throwing a child's wiffle ball Hmm. so like like with the 8.25 foam balls maybe but even then it's like it's such a small ball it's almost impossible to catch and if it nicks you in any one place or spot then you're out it's just it's, it's, it's unreasonable to tell even the best catchers to hate. I want you to catch this every single time, especially if the thrower is good as well, too. And he can square up on you. Gotcha. It's, it's, again, like shooting fish in a barrel, and that's not what a intricate, high-level, in-depth sport should be. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just let, let that go because, man, there's. I want to get into the uh, crowdsource questions. I know I don't have you all evening, so... 
Yeah, you're good. In the interest of time, but also, I mean, maybe we might have to have you back and hear you more of your insight on this if people want. And just in case people are like, oh, no, please go on because I'm looking at some of these questions already. I know they're going to start a whole yeah, you're good. another uh, crap storm. But um, at, at least you have justification. Like, you're not just talking crap about something for the sake of it. Like, you, you've. Yeah, I played almost every. I played more ball types than anyone else the entire world has. I played ball types you haven't even heard of before. Not a lot, but I have a good amount of experience in the main three, foam, 8.5, no sting, like more so than most people do. And again, it's it's not the same. Uh, the intricacy and the, the details and the, the depth is just a thousand times more complex than 8.5. Fair enough. Um, going back, one thing I wanted to ask, um, if you can elaborate on it, was uh, there was one period where you had like, you had your famous rat tail. Oh and God! You, you were Why'd showing. You I had to bring that up. You, you, were, <laughs> uh, you, you were showing. You're showing a lot of promise, right? But something happened. You went somewhere, or you just I don't know. Oh my Japan trip. Was it so? Yeah, you came back from Japan and you were a freaking yeah. monster. Like what? Uh, what happened? Um, I was just working out a lot when I was over there. I had a lot of free time. I was just basically taking a couple classes to learn Japanese and Japanese culture. I was there for, I think, like four or five months. Um, and I basically, in my free time, I was practicing kendo. And That's what it was, it was kendo. Lots of working out and then lots of rice and lots of sushi. <laughs> so I remember thinking about this because um, I almost want to get a freaking boken and just do like, you know, the upper, was it like the upper strikes? Because that right. probably works your forearms really well. So uh, it works your back more than anything else if you're doing it properly. I mean, yeah, forearms a little bit, but like, that, that's kind of where I also started developing my overhand throw as well, too, because I, I brought a I literally this is how dedicated I was. I was in Japan for four months. I saved up money and my dad helped me out. And I was there to like learn Japanese and learn Japanese culture and just kind of immerse myself. I brought a freaking dodgeball to Japan to practice in the gym. That's how obsessed with dodgeball at the time I was. <laughs> I flew halfway across the world. I could have been out like in, in, in Japanese culture, exploring and learning things. No, I was in a gym working out practicing kendo and throwing a dodgeball against the wall. If I was made of money, I would have sent every one of team evil to Japan to relive your experience because <laughs> that six month investment would have been well worth it. So, yeah. And you're right. I, I think I'm a lot stronger during that time too. I mean, kendo just gives you so much of a, a core and then like, like solid planting, like how you plant your feet makes such a big difference. And then again, the, the overhead, my back got so much stronger and that's when I started throwing overhand instead of sidearm. And I think that made a big difference too. Well, that actually helps with uh, Serge's question. So I'll, I'll save what I'm about to say about that uh, for for the crowdsource, which we'll go ahead and just kind of dive into right now because sure. uh, who knows where this is going to go. But you, you left some questions that I really want to go back to and spend some time on. So first of all, um, okay, Markel, he asked, uh, when it's all said and done, when you hang up your knee pads, how do you want to be remembered in dodgeball? So kind of is all said and done for you, right? Yeah, pretty so much. So how do you want to be remem- remembered? Um pulled that through really really hard and was really really good <laughs> I, mean, I think mission accomplished maybe depending on yeah oh yeah for sure how this is uh received but um i think there's... I, I don't want to be well liked i don't want to be like oh yeah he was a good guy the one issue i do take with dodgeball a lot is i hate the mentality of like oh he's only a jerk on the court he's nice in real life like i hate people like that and I'm, I'm, and I'm not an exception. I, I can definitely, and for the most part, am a giant athlete. I don't expect you to like me off the court. Like, like because I told you on the court five minutes ago. It shouldn't be, oh, haha, it's just it's all fun and games. Like, like, no, I want you up. I wanted to ruin your life. I don't expect you to come all the smiles to me. But at the same time, everyone else expects that of everyone else during dodgeball. It's like, oh, he, just leave it on the court. I hate that mentality. And so I'm, I'm totally okay with being remembered as a douchebag on the court. Like, that's, that's fine. Again, I'm not there to have fun or hang out with friends i'm there to compete i'm there to win that like, again it's a sporting event I, I want to like try my hardest keep my mindset focused and and not like dick around when, and, and this is throwing shade at some people but like when i see uh facebook posts like went to like elite dodgeball tournament had a blast with my friends had a great time saw a bunch of people like blah 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 and it's like in my opinion it's like just wasted your time and energy like like go do that socially go hang out with your friends at socially don't show up to elite dodgeball, elite dodgeball, and then just be all casual about it. Like, again, we need to kind of – but, again, at the same time, I understand that we need players, and, and again, it's, it's a struggling sport. But it's just like 
this is a snob issue that I have, but I just really wish that people would take it way more seriously. Uh, because, because again, that's, that's what I did. That's how I got good is I took it seriously. So I, I want to be remembered as the guy that took dodgeball really seriously, worked really, really hard, regardless if I was a jerk or a nice guy. I, I, I want to be the picture of a dodgeball athlete, not just a guy that plays dodgeball. I think that's it. Remember one time, uh, Carlos, uh, he and I were hanging out. And he's all, Chris Bell is a true dodgeball competitor. I was like, what do you mean, dude? He's like, this kid's going all over the world. He's playing. He is honed in. Um, I'm trying to rehash that conversation. That was a long time ago. That was before you even like, um, I was like, yeah. Was this, was this Edward Forty Hands, Carlos? No, this was uh, this was sober Carlos and sober Steve talking. Oh, okay. I don't even know why we're talking about you, but uh, he he just made that comment, and I, I started to think about, man, if this is what a true dodgeball competitor looks like, like if this is like the, like the the model one, or this is like you know a a, a, a prediction of the future, um, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of other personalities follow that. So for you. If people are going to a league or an event where it's you're expected to be at the top of your game, you're not obviously you're not there to make friends. You're just there to win. But do you, do you enjoy it if you don't win or like? No. So it's it's I like I wasted my time and money, and that's kind of why I stopped playing for a while when I when I played on Rise or Riot, um, and and before I got invited onto Rise, I there was no chance of my team winning. I did I was not on a top tier team, so I was like, what's the point? If I, if, if I, even if I played my absolute hardest, this is still a team sport. If the rest of my team can't pick up the pace and, and play well too and show up the same thing evil, then what am I doing? I'm wasting my time. And that's, that's kind of why I jumped around a lot during that time is, is there was no one else was consistent. No one else showed the drive and the dedication. Um, and that's honestly why I, even though it was for a short time, immediately stuck to rise and meshed so well with them because I had that same drive from the get go. Like I wanted to win. I wanted to show up and play hard. Yeah. So when Tim says, Hey, I need you to fly from Utah to San Diego to participate in our camps. You're like, okay. Yeah. Done. No questions. Yep. That's interesting. I mean, yeah. I mean, every, every player is going to have a team that matches their, their personal drive, I think, um, at some point or another, but, um, but again, I like not to be like reiterating this over and over again. But I understand it's dodgeball. It's not a paid sport. It's a hobby for a lot of people. I just wish it wasn't. I mean, we all we all do. Um, right. But me more so than anyone else. Yeah. You just... Pretty- I, I, when I got good at dodgeball in like 2010, 2011, I was like, I want this to be an Olympic sport so I can be on Team USA. I will blood, I will sweat, bleed, break myself to be, get on a team good enough to be on Team USA if this will ever become an Olympic sport. That, that was my mentality and how I got good so quickly because I, I actually thought, wow, wow, this sport is blowing up. This is get bigger and bigger and bigger. Eventually, someone's going to recognize this and turn this into an Olympic sport. And it obviously never happened. And in my opinion, it will never will. Um, it won't even get close. Uh, that's another issue we got to talk about later. Um, but, yeah, I, I had that drive. I thought I was going to be able to be good enough to be on an Olympic team. And that's the kind of attitude I wanted other people to take in this. I had no one shared that with me. Do you uh, do you share this mentality and other things you do? Like, do you feel this way about snowboarding? Snowboarding, yeah. Like, th- this is just who I am as a person. If I find something I really like, I get tunnel vision on it. I eat, sleep, and breathe this thing that I like, and it happens with people too. So, like, if I find someone I really like, I like hanging out with you like constantly. If I like find a dog I really like, or a hobby I really like, or food that I really like, I just hone in on it, and that's just kind of per- part of my Aspergers. So, ah. I was wondering if you're going to talk about that. Yeah. Maybe, maybe save it towards the I end. Mean, I'm not a retard, so it's, it's oh, fine. But it's, oh, come on, dude. It's, it's, it's <laughs> whatever. Yeah. But my, my point is like, that's just the, the person, the personality trait that I have due to uh, me um, having a different mentality and different mindset than most people. Yeah. And anybody that's listening to this, who knows you should expect Chris Bell. I mean, I, that's yeah. Exactly. You, there, I'm a very specific type of person. If you had met me before, you know who I am. It's, it's that simple. Yeah, that's why I'm not going to hold your feet to the fire too much for some of the things you're saying. Um, but let's go to uh, question number two. So well, actually, Markel, so your answer to him was, when it's all said and done, you want to be remembered so that somebody that played really freaking hard, competed, and 
the thing, the best way the I can put it is I don't want to be remembered as a dodgeball player. I want to be remembered as a dodgeball athlete. Huh. Big difference in those two words. I, I think so. Yeah, we got to start uh, start utilizing some of the terminology a little bit more. Um, words definitely have meaning. But um, So Dominic Vorges says, you've gone around the world and competed in so many tournaments. What is your favorite moment or two? And also, where was your favorite place to play? So we already said Hong Kong previously, but uh, right. any of your favorite international moments? Uh, any of my favorite what moments? Uh, like your favorite international moment. Oh, I mean, definitely Hong Kong when we were down, I think, eight or nine games at like halftime. And we just like got our heads out, started playing together um, and just went ham. And I think we won like like five or six games in a row and slowly brought it back. And I think we won like, 16 to 15 or something it was something close I, I don't remember exactly i think there's a record of the games on youtube or something like that but we came back hard and then that night was saint patrick's night or saint patrick's day and mm. we just went out to this really crazy strip bar club area and just went ham and just got super trashed and drank and partied until like 5 a.m and we got like medals during the the, uh, the that tournament as well too um, that was a blast that was definitely one of my favorite international moments Another one would probably be, um, honestly, like nothing else compares to that one. The, the, the New Zealand tournament win was definitely fun, but that was, that kind of had a casual vibe and feeling the whole time. So while it was definitely fun to come up and like, and enjoy like New Zealand, um, that win that win as far as dodgeball didn't mean as much as the Hong Kong win. Gotcha. Nationally, um, I would definitely say. Mm-hmm. NDL 2010 winning that, um, and then Rise winning uh, Open last year. Yeah, that'd be my guess. Um, especially because you sent me a GIF of when you when you tell me that you joined Rise, you sent me a GIF of Vader uh, going ham on people in Rogue Rogue One. I was oh like, yeah, yeah, that's that's probably what's gonna happen. Uh, if not this year, it's gonna happen next year, and it it did. So yeah, and I think to answer the second part of his question, uh, where was my favorite place to play? that will always always be tucson dodgeball pickup games like open gym the the, the 50 people on the court God. with like 30 balls in the court absolute chaos oh that was the best man that's e- even though winning dodgeball tournaments is by far and away like the best feeling in the world there is no more fun that you will ever ever have than playing chaotic crazy 8.5 pickup games where there's 40, 50 people on every side with a hundred balls in the courts and everyone throws hard. It was so much fun. And you're not safe. You're not safe from anything. You, exactly. And there's no lines. You played the wall. You played the, the, the back wall. Like there, there's no out of bounds. You just throw and throw and throw and throw and throw for two and a half, three hours straight with another hundred people around you and 50 balls in the court. It was, it was chaos. And, and I loved every second of it. That yeah. is definitely, and will always be my like a special place in my heart, like for, for how much fun I had. My heart, oh. you're taking me back, Chris. I mean, that was uh... no one else does open gym like that. Like, so actually, Seattle does. So I went up to a, a, a pickup or uh, like a random draw tournament in Seattle a couple years ago. And night before that tournament, I went to an open gym in Seattle, and same thing. It was like 70, 80 people on the court, both sides, and this like hundreds of balls not hundreds but like like dozens and dozens of balls in the court and just throw and throw and throw plates the wall played the back line it was it was awesome it reminded me of the good old days i'm gonna have to go check that out i mean if you want to make good players fast uh do open that's jam. how you do it for sure oh i i 100 agree if you want to get good at dodgeball fast you throw a player into the like the fire <laughs> yeah and they're like wait i only have to worry about six balls now all right and this, and exactly. There's a small yeah, chance. Your peripheral, your peripheral vision gets so good in Tucson Open Gym. <laughs> yeah, you get develop, as I always used to say, you develop a very healthy sense of paranoia playing yeah. Tucson Open mm-hmm. Gym. Brett Baxter is mainly to blame too. Oh man. With people to sit in the corner of Open Gym, wouldn't run into the front of the line. Him and Dylan, they would just sit in the back corner, wait for you to throw a ball, and then peg you out and just smugly sit back there and wait for like someone to catch them never came forward at all just like sniping from the corner and they're having a blast too because they're not getting hit they're getting people out yep. but they would never play to the front line and they're they definitely the person that like makes you like get paranoid for sure oh yeah no i still i still have visions of of brett camping I, I on still the corner remember his smug little face when they like hit me out in the foot and like i just looked to like far left corner and he's like there just like smiling 
was, oh, it drives me nuts. Yeah, but it, it got me better for sure. <laughs> no, it, it was all leading to something. So just uh, like I said, being very paranoid and, and never trusting anything. If somebody's not moving, they're, they're up to something. Exactly. Probably got a ball behind their back. Exactly. All right, let's try to speed through uh, some of these real quick. So uh, Markel Sokes, will there be a Team Evil reunion? Uh, top no. secret. Next. Yeah. No. Uh, Mark Acom. Oh God, what did I do to you? Um, uh, so he he did the worst thing possible to me. Actually, he's kind of why I retired from dodgeball the first time. Oh God. Um. So I was on Riot. That was his team, and we were flying to New Orleans, I believe, or one of the nationals. So Riot was actually a really good team. We had some really solid players from LA. Um, and plus myself, and we had actually done really well in the league. I think we got in like third at one of the events in Open and the West Coast, which was, at the time was like really, really hard to do with like Doom and Rise and a bunch of other teams. Like we were playing really well. So it's like, wow, we actually have a chance to like do really well in this tournament, maybe even win if we're playing amazing. Um, and so I fly to New Orleans, I believe, and I show up and half the team isn't there. He didn't tell me at all. Like, and he knew, and he knew that they weren't going to be there. He didn't tell me. He's like, hey, like these people aren't going to be here. We're going to have subs. And I show up and the half the people on the side of my court are like random people I've never seen in my life. Uh. I, and the, the, I literally, I was there all, I, there was the night before. I was there all morning. I get on, I, and I didn't notice. I get on the court. I look around. And I don't even recognize half the people on my team. And he knew about this, I think like a month and a half beforehand or, or a, a good amount of time beforehand. I would, I would not, and I was not playing code at the time. I wasn't on a serious code team or wait, was I, I might've been on reign of, yeah, I might've been on Legion of boom, but like, I told him after that, I was like, Hey, like, this is not cool. Like I, I'm, I'm done with, with riot after this. And I didn't have a team, other team to go on to. So I was just done with dodgeball until rise picked me up again. So, but yeah, that, that's what he did to me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe Mark will chime in with, it was, with... It was a dick move. Honestly, it was a big dick move. Yeah, maybe he'll chime in with his story, but uh, that's kind of a big thing you gotta tell uh, your team, especially if you're traveling all that way. If uh, yeah, and especially when you're traveling to, like to a tournament for a team that you think can win the whole thing or or get close to winning the whole thing, and all of a sudden you're showing up and you can't even beat anyone in round robin. Like, yeah, no, no, no thanks. Yeah, I can see how that's not gonna be fun for you at all. <clears throat> or uh, pretty much anybody uh, going with an expectation and it's just kind of dashed. Yeah. All right. Um, well, Alan Thomas <laughs> no says. No problems there. Yeah. <laughs> I got you covered, Alan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, he, for people that didn't see the thread, he says, Alan Thomas says, tell him to be as honest about his feelings as possible. It's his only redeeming quality. <laughs> I said, I've got my not editing. Wrong. Yeah. I've got my editing ready for this. Uh, Alan says, boo. And obviously, I'm not going to, uh, I can't. That would be a, I don't want to say. If be you like, edit this, I will unfriend you. Oof. If, if you bleep me at any point in time, I will straight up unfriend you. So I thought about that because that's a lot of bleeps already. I like the bleep noise. I might have to bleep it just Wait, so you're, can... you're bleeping out my cuss words. Maybe. What? Why? So I can keep my clean. I, mean, I haven't even for Chris <laughs> Bell. I've not even cussed that much this hour. Uh, it's well, it's, <laughs> wow, it's because right, whatever. I'll, I'll tell you why. It's, it's because iTunes gives me a clean record and I, I love that label and I want to uh -huh. keep it. So I might do uh explicit. What was that? You want to be explicit. Yeah, I don't want to be. Um yes, you do. And that's why I did with, with Dave. So like I interviewed Dave Benedetto. Oh no, you did. <laughs> but I put that oh, on YouTube. I put that on YouTube because I don't give a crap what YouTube says about anything that I put out there. So I might I might put this on YouTube first and then after a year of editing this, <laughs> I might put the rest on. <laughs> All right. Um All right, next question. Uh, Andrew Ketchum, which iteration of Rampage was your favorite? So that's why I broke down, you know, Rampage. Sorry, Andrew, the first one was the very first one. Yeah, and that's that's when Andrew started coming into the picture. Um, yeah, it, it was freaky. He looked a lot like you at first. I was like, Yeah, he did. Did they clone he Chris used, Bell? He used my ID. He was 19 years old or 18 years old. He used my ID for Vegas for like two years. I am a band in gambling clubs in Vegas that I have never been to. Yeah. Um, Let me put that out there. It was it was so weird. He just and, and he never once got caught. Like this, these every single time. Oh yeah, you're good. Have have a nice one. Yep. Yeah, it it was weird watching both of you and, and you catch him standing next to each other. Like, did I 
did they clone Chris Bell? Who is this yeah. kid? Um, and we later found out it's it's Andrew Ketchum. So, <laughs> Joe Fernandez. I don't know what this means, but how can she slap? It's it's a it's a meme. We can ignore this next one. Uh, I mean, Joe Joe Fernandez is basically a human meme. A meme. Yes, that's true. <laughs> All right. Um, he comes up again. How could she on. slap? I might have to. That's where you get Joe. I'm gonna have to Google that. Eric Tillman's. Um, I heard that he only takes baths. Please confirm. So, if I could fit in a bathtub, I would definitely take baths. I haven't been able to fit in a bathtub since I was like 13. It's obnoxious. Did you ever do uh, onsen in J- in Japan? Oh yeah, like hot tubs. I have a hot tub in my own house right now in in Salt Lake City. It's awesome. I'll bet. Especially since you guys actually have winter. Yeah. Okay. So yes, Eric. When when applicable, Chris Bell will take baths, <laughs> but for the most part, it's showers. Um. This could be an episode. All on its own. Oh no! Oh no! Oh, there's so many. What's your favorite Steve Damon story? Which one is not my favorite? Oh man! Can I throw you under the bus, or what are we doing? I don't know, man. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. Whatever. Oh, there's so many. I think the Edward. All right, to, to not throw you under the bus completely, definitely the Edward Forty Hands. Oh Jesus! Oh, uh, was definitely one of my favorites. I remember you and Carlos duct taped like four locos to both of your hands. And at the end of the night, you were both passed out on the kitchen floor with four, with one four loco drink and the other one, like not even like halfway through. Thank I God. think Carlos, Carlos might have finished both of his because he was a trooper. Um, but yeah, that was definitely one of my favorite moments from you. Um, dodgeball wise. Um, actually, this would be a little heartwarming right here. Uh, dodgeball wise. Remember when we played 2v2? Doubles, yeah, in um, Tucson, a few times, yeah, yeah. And remember when it, I think we like it's at the end of the night we kind of did like a two v two bracket real quick, and it was you and me, and we were playing against Brett and someone else, and like we just destroyed them. I think like four zero wasn't even close. Like like I think at one point you was like like you you knew I was gonna sacrifice myself to hit Brett or something like that, or like for a catch or some play, and we were just like didn't even talk to each other. Just looked, knew it happened, rushed catch counter throw and it's just over every single time like four games in a row i was like yes yes steve gets me when there is like just a bunch of times when like like you knew what i was thinking and you would like either throw on my shoulder there were a couple times you did blast me in the back of the head um but you'd like throw over my shoulder because you knew i was going to be going down for a catch or something like that and we were just like completely in sync with each other those were always like like whenever those moments happened i'd always look back and you'll be like yeah like is that that was just like that team synergy that i always wanted to have like in the team yeah, I'll say uh, you and I, we we're, were able to connect really well sometimes, um, especially knowing who to target out of five people when um, right. you know the balls are in our, our court and we're rushing and we just right. knew who to cross throw. Um, that right. was that was an easy tactic to pull on a lot of people. It, it worked for a really long it time. It so well, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a sign of, of, I don't know, maybe just – I mean, just trust and teamwork and just playing with each other a lot. I think that's all it is. Yeah, and if you can do that times five other people, you're going to be deadly. So, good feels. Um, Lucas asks, uh, if you were to make an open 8.5 team out of left-handers, who would be on it? And um, We were thinking about it at one point. We almost had almost had a set squad. It's never kind of happened. Definitely be me, Doug, um, Mike, Michael from uh, Rainbows. Koif. Um, Okay, because yeah, he's he's got this gift where he's like crossing his fingers. I think hoping that he be chosen. Is, is Lucas left-handed? I didn't think he was. I I think he is. Okay, I mean, why else yeah, would he ask? Yeah. He'd definitely be on there if he was. Um, and then, God, there was a couple other people back in Arizona. I forget who it was. It, it was a long time ago, but we almost had a team like set ready to go, it, and it would have been a disgusting team. Like me and Doug alone would have been like really really good and, and we i think we had like we had a co-ed version with nicole and um, nicole chasen and someone else um or yeah but yeah it, it, we had we had one coming at the moment this never happened unfortunately it would have been the dream yeah you and doug together no thank you oh god that was so much fun I'm so glad i was on the right side of that one i, I yeah. want no part of that nonsense <laughs> dude we lit people up oh my god two left-handers like both like six foot three like he's blasting people like left and right, like super accurate. Oh, we, we destroyed people. And can not only get that throw off, but also drop and get that counter catch. So good right. luck even trying to disrupt exactly, that yeah. throw pattern. Um, that was devastating. When it when they were there, uh, evil was something else. Oh my God. 
when they showed up. Yeah, if only they show up. Uh, I remember that. I remember the catchphrase of Evil was when they show, when they all show up, they're a good team. <laughs> well, like I said, if we were we were phenomenal on paper, but uh, yeah. we would lose to a sack of potatoes if we traveled yep. to California. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. All right. Next question. Yeah, stirring up bad feelings. Um, Sergio Leone asks, now that Dodgeball is over, will you be returning to competitive Smash Bros? Um, probably not. I'm also kind of past that phase of my life too. It's just. It, it, it's also dying down, um, at least the, the Smash game that I played. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of done with video games as well for a while right now, too. I'm just focusing on, again, snowboarding, rock climbing, and skydiving. Did you have that same competitive mentality with Smash Bros? Same oh, my God, yeah. It was even worse than Dodgeball. I played Smash like like eight, nine hours a day when I was like getting good at it. Man. I got, I got to be a top 10 player in, in Arizona, which which is a very stacked region. Uh, for Smash, very quickly, I think within like a year. Like again, I was I like studied every single player. I like wrote guides. I read guides. Like I, I practiced tech skill like like ten hours a day. Like I went to every single tournament I could get. Yeah, I drew. I drove twenty two hours from Tucson all the way like Sacramento or something for a Smash tournament. That I would never do that for a dodgeball tournament. I was even more invested in Smash than I was in dodgeball when it was happening. I remember when at its peak, I was like, I think I'm losing Chris to a video game. Like, how do I, <laughs> like, I, was like, I don't yep. know what's going on here. Um, all right. So Sergio also asks, since the last time you played, how often do you catch yourself thinking if retiring now is the right thing to do? How often? I mean, I've been considering, like the only reason I even came back in the first place is because Rise finally offered me a position. They offered me a while ago and I turned down like an idiot. I should have joined back way back then, like 2015 or 16. Um, but the only reason I kept coming back, even even after I retired from Riot, was because Rise was just like such an important thing to me. Like I, I cannot state how much I love every single person on Rise. Like they, they like it. Honestly, it felt like a team, and it felt like a family. And the, I'd never gone that from Evil from Rampage. That that combination of both of how really tight knit that team was, and I felt like I instantly molded into that into that. Yeah, that's the that's the thing about Rise is on the outside they look like they are not people that you can approach. Uh, maybe they got better at it over the years, but they seem like they're very key to themselves. But once you get to know them, um, they're some of the best people you'll ever meet. Some of the yeah, by far some of the best people. Yeah, I, I, I would have retired right away from one tournament if I didn't like immediately fall in love with with Rise Dodgeball. Yeah, I feel like uh, that gave you your second wind. It was good to see you uh, in twenty yeah. oh yeah for sure twenty eighteen and uh, and this year uh, with them. Um, I'll take this one um, and stop me if I'm wrong. So Sergio Leone asks, "What's the story behind your nickname Scorpion and who gave it to you?" So talking about your your freaking trial and tribulations in Japan, you come back, you have this monster throw where, and now it makes sense with the kendo and your back strength increasing because you just had this, yeah. your ball would come up and it would come straight down and it reminded me of a scorpion tail. And the reason why I always think about that is because it would go straight from my feet sometimes um, right. when you wanted to. And I just started calling you scorpion because at, at Tucson we had nicknames for everybody. Um, right. But you just, you just owned it. I think to the point where you even like eat, you ate scorpions. Like you really went, I did eat Pretty a scorpion, yeah. <laughs> in China. Yeah, you're like Steve. I've become. I've become. I am now the scorpion. I was like, I oh remember messaging you on Facebook or something. I was like, Steve, I've become one with a scorpion. I just ate a fried scorpion in China. <laughs> I remember. I remember thinking about this like randomly a couple weeks ago because I remember like <clears throat> looking at scorpions and just thinking. Somebody told me they taste like popcorn. Why the heck do I know that? And now. <laughs> yeah, I did say that. Yep. It's just like really crunchy and crispy and salty. That it tasted like popcorn. Oh man! <laughs> just, just the <laughs> Steve. I am a scorpion now. You just show yourself eating. I'm I like, at the, I exactly remember exactly the message I sent you. I was like, Steve, I've become one with the scorpion. <laughs> I was like, I did not mean literally, Chris Bell. God, what are you doing? <laughs> oh man, that was great. Well, that's this one way to own uh, something for sure. Just go all in. Okay, this one, uh, good God, this brings back weird memories. Joe Fernandez, once again, have you ever been on a team that got kicked out of a frat boy tournament for being too good? If so, please elaborate on how everything is Steve's fault. So, Was this the two, the University of Arizona frat boy tournament? Uh, there was three of them that we decided to do. They were all awful. Awful. Oh, my God, they're so awful. The worst 
experience of humanity I've ever <laughs> encountered in my life. Oh my god, I had never like hated frat kids more than those moments. Oh my god. No, and I like I like lost faith in humanity during those tournaments. I would walk out of those things just thinking like can we just call Tell an me. airstrike? Just just an airstrike <laughs> yeah. right now, please. Just for sure. If you want to have an experience, just go to a sorority ran charity tournament where they place frat guys against each other they're super drunk and try to have them play dodgeball and just it is a nightmare flashbacks like vietnam flashbacks yeah i remember one time you were really none of them ever get hit ever even if they do get hit they're nobody hit me every single one of them every single one of them you have to like chest them and even then they'll look like like what well that that didn't count no bro i call i called safeguard i called safeguard like what does that mean sometimes I'll, I'll yell at Brett like, no, dude, I called safeguard. You didn't hit me. Cause he was there during the, the dark times. He remembers <laughs> the dark days. Yeah. I remember one time you're, you're upset with me cause I wasn't actively recruiting. I was like, Chris, do you want any of these people coming to our open gyms? Like I do remember that. Yeah. I was like, dude, you need to pass up flyers. We need to get more people. Like this is a golden opportunity. And that was the first one, I think, because yeah. I wasn't helping you guys ref that tournament. I did help the second and third one, I believe. But the first one I didn't help you guys ref. And so I didn't know what trauma and terrors you had gone through beforehand. So I was like, listen, son, you don't know what <laughs> you don't know what this means if any of these people come back. But uh, this is people. That's when I wanted Paul the most. Like if ever there was a time to summon oh, Paul. Oh god, yes. <laughs> I sick him. Get, just sick him on him. Paul, do your thing. That's yeah. Wipe the floor with him, please. Yep. Alrighty, so uh, due to the editing nature and the intensity in which I had to edit this uh, because a lot of it was actually just the fact that um, I guess the internet reception is pretty pretty weak up there in uh, Salt Lake so I had Chris dropped a lot uh, so I had to basically um, uh, compress all those times and and make this uh, conversation that flowed so not so much the bad words but mostly just um, picking them up where I, where I lost them but Suffice to say, I basically had to cut this down to two episodes, so that will end part one, and we will be resuming part two in the next couple days when I'm able to catch up. So in the meantime, um, thank you so much for listening. Have a great rest of your evening, a great weekend, and we'll see you soon. (laughs) 